dusty, my plates are expired. Please, Mr. Officer, let me explain. I got to make it to a powwow tonight. I'll be singing 49 down by the riverside, looking for sugar, riding in my Indian car. Got my cheever in the glove box, I ain't got no spare. Got a feather from the Sun touches fire. I got to make another power tonight. I'll be singing 49 down by the riverside, looking for sugar, riding in my Indian corn. to be back with you this evening yeah i'm coming to you live and in person this evening from my little cold room <laughs> my little cold room in las vegas new mexico buju anin miigwech for tuning in wherever you are tuning in from i I am your girl Iggy, and um, tonight, man, I was feeling some kind of way, man, and um, this little podcast, you know, it doesn't make money, and that's not what I'm here for, man. I hope my story reaches somebody, somewhere, somehow, um, 
in in some way that encourages them to live and to breathe and find their um find their love for themselves right so um last time i talked to you guys was december 7th and we were um doing readings from the wellbriety book give me a second so yeah let me see it is 7:31 my time and if i wasn't so lazy or in the way i was feeling the way i was feeling lately um i would be at a narcotics anonymous meeting um i have been in active recovery now for 3 years and i say active recovery because it has taken me um this long to get to where i'm at today and it's not a uh, straight clean time you know um i have had many bouts with relapse and it wasn't until last year that um it was uh, yeah brought to my attention that relapse isn't a part of recovery relapse is the darkness that wants to keep you it is the addiction it is the alcoholism uh trying to keep hold of you you know however it creeps in remember now guys um relapse comes in uh in three stages uh emotionally mentally and physically physically is the last one i don't know how the mental and the emotionally go because those are pretty closely connected but if something emotional happens or something triggers something emotional then your mind starts to turn so i think it's like emotionally mentally and physically and then physically is when you actually go out and say fuck it knowing that you don't want to but you do it anyway and that is where our minds are um out of control man that is where we are not in control of our own um that is when we lose the free will that gichimanedu has given us you know um we were born um with the ability to choose and when we ingest those substances when we take those substances and we um put them into our body it creates a chemical reaction with the good chemicals in our brain matter and um what it does is it blocks um the neurochemical the healthy neurochemical um shoot i can't remember it um it blocks it from being released and then when we come down or when we stop ingesting there's a release of it a flood of it and then the brain connects the drug with the release of that flood with that flood of that good chemical and before you know it we are out searching again 
and doing again. And before you know it, our brain builds up a tolerance and the drug isn't helping. It isn't como it never was helping in the first place. But we are not getting, definitely not getting the neurological response, the brain response, the high that we were getting when we first originally ingested those chemicals. So, that's some food for thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's kind of snowy out there tonight, man. And I'm so glad for the snow. Because over here in New Mexico, uh, we don't... We don't get much snow no more, man. I think the last good snow we got was like way back in um oh 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 in uh shit twenty twenty six I think it was and um and that was pretty pretty sad. So anyways, um, that was pretty sad. It was actually very sad because that was our last good snow. And then like we have like little bits and pieces and then like the rest of the world is getting, you know, the rest of Turtle Island is getting whited out. And we're like, well, what about us? I seriously think that we did something. Um, to, um, what do you call it? To offend the creator <laughs> why he wouldn't um why he wouldn't um give us any more uh snow man what happened what did we do i'm so sorry okay so look um okay so last month um man i got 40 hits last month thank you <laughs> I, I i think it's cool um you know shoot it's it's gone up in a minute. So um All right, so I'm back in the book, man, and uh, we were talking about honesty. And um Oh jeez. Okay, so my dilemma today and and this is me being honest with myself. <sighs> you know, it tells us we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and or drug use. And because of that, we had lost control of our lives. Now this, what I'm going to share with you guys before I go on is, um, there is, there's a guy who stalks me. And I finally decided to do something about it. I finally made a police report. And, um, this guy has been... Just, you know, bothersome, annoying, um, stalking, you know. He's, he's done some things that have caused me to be very uncomfortable in my daily walk. And it's not just during my daily walk, because I walk everywhere, wherever I go, right? And this guy, he's known around the neighborhood as somebody that, uh, let's just say it's better for me to stay away from him. 
and ignore him as best I can. Ay Dios. Okay, so let's see. I'm going to say around the 1st, January 1st, I was walking to my noon meeting. I do the Alcoholics Anonymous meetings because there are no Red Road meetings here where I live. There's there's not very much of a Native American population. And if there is, they're all at the local university. So, but, um, you know, those are the good kids who are going to go back and, and treat people like me when they get out of school. So anyways, um, so on the, no, it was the 27th. It was the 27th and of December. And this dude, as usual, pulls over into the middle of the street and starts hollering something. And I ignored him. As usual. And I don't know, he, he went down onto the campus or whatever. And I, I ignored him. You know what I mean? Made it to my meeting and then on the way back... Well, I take my my normal route through the campus because there there's it's safer there there's there's cameras number one and um I'm not afraid of the the relations the relatives who are homeless here you know what I mean I'm not they've never given me any reason to be afraid of them it's the people in the cars that i'm afraid of they're inconsiderate you know what i mean they'll push you out of the road if you know out of the out of the crosswalk if you cross at the at the light and shit it's probably safer to cross in the middle of the street because these guys they come around and they'll fucking fuck you can feel the heat from their car you know what i mean they're very inconsiderate and, um, like, hurry up and move, you know what I mean? And that's that's agitating, man. So, unfortunately for them, they're making their own little town look like, like a town full of jerks, to say the least. And, um, and they probably really don't care. So, anyways, I have this, I've been feeling this kind of way, like... Uh, I finally made that report, right, on the 27th. And the officer who connected with me reassured me that I could call back and, you know, use that as a reference number so that every time that man bothers me or, you know, makes me feel uncomfortable, I can tell him, you know. And, and this has been going on. You know, if you look at my Facebook you will see, you know, you could probably find it in my reels or in my videos, me complaining about this individual. I've posted pictures of his truck. <sighs> and I used to laugh like maybe he's just trying to solicit a prostitute with whatever it is that he's pushing, right? And um, that could very well be the case. And this is what bothers me. This is where step one comes in. That is my powerlessness over my addiction okay he represents the addiction he represents that darkness trying to call me back because you know to him okay as a predator he sees me as um somebody as an easy target okay <clears throat> i'm walking number one and i'm alone okay 
that's been established with this gentleman. He's <laughs> this gentleman. I have some nerve, right? So anyways, it's been established, you know, um, when uh, the first ever time that I um, encountered this individual, I was walking with a duffel bag full of laundry to the very close laundromat down the street from the housing projects I live in. And he drives, he comes at me from in front of me. And he's driving along the shoulder, so I have to move, I have to move out of the way, practically into the ditch. And I, I heard him ask me, but I ignored him because I don't want to ride. You know, I've... I come from that place where when somebody offers you a ride, they're not offering you, a, especially a man, they're not offering you a ride to be friendly. Well, they're being friendly, but, and, you know, <clears throat> so I ignored him and he became, I, I, I would say he became um, like, well, why is she ignoring me? So he flips a bitch right there where we're at. And from the other side of the street, he starts saying, hello, hello, hello. And I continue to ignore him. He drives down the street, flips a bitch one more time, comes at me, and he says, are you deaf? And I keep going. By that time, I am totally not fucking listening to his ass or even trying to make eye contact with this individual, right? So then he drives off, turns around, says something, and then drives away. I make it to my destination. I wash my clothes. I come back. I'm happy. I don't care. That was the first interaction. My first contact, I don't even want to call it an interaction because I didn't give him any time of day, right? So anyways, this individual represents... Um, my addiction trying to get me back, you know, new, new levels, same devils, you know, I graduated from college on the 18th, yay me, I am now a Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice, and I have a concentration in Human Services, so, <clears throat> so I'm a big caca now, right, so anyways, um, <sighs> fuck, so, recently, I've been seeing that individual along my safe route. And um, he's been, he's weary of the cameras. He knows that there's cameras there. Ugh, and I hate the feeling that I get from this guy, man. Mm, just seeing him makes me panic and I feel like I want to run, but I don't know which way to run because it just seems ridiculous because he's just going to, you know, he's just going to drive away. You know, like, uh, so then I, I do my best to ignore him because I really don't want anything to do with him. I don't. <sighs> Trusted friends have told me that this man is, um, is a drug dealer and that he's been convicted of murder once or twice or maybe twice or some shit like that and that it's best for me to stay away from him. So he is my addiction incarnate in the flesh. He has drugs. I am powerless over drugs and how they make my life unmanageable. That is, 
that is me fighting that devil right there. So, you know, I've had to... I feel some kind of way, man. And it fucking sucks. You know? And so I have to realize that, you know what? Yeah, if I go back, if I get in the truck with that man, um, nothing good is going to come of it. Because he just wants to talk. Because why? I don't have a date. He actually told me that. He was like, you don't have a date. Um, there is a reason why I don't want a date. And there's a reason why I don't want to talk. And leave me the fuck alone and please leave me the fuck alone. So, so I have to think of the serenity prayer here. And today is January 6th. Live and let live. Okay, so this comes from a life of my own. Uh, Hazelden meditation. Uh, Karen Casey. Meditations on hope and acceptance. And it says, the more comfortable we are with knowledge that each of us has a unique journey to make, a specific purpose to fulfill, the easier it is to let other people live their own lives. When family members are in trouble with alcohol or other drugs, it's terribly difficult to let them live, have their own journey, because we love them. We feel compelled to help them get clean and sober. In reality, all we can do is pray for their safety and well-being. Their recovery is up to them and their higher power. For some of us, it's a leap of faith to believe there really is a divine plan of which we are all a part. And perhaps it's not even necessary to believe. But we'll find the hours of every day gentler if we accept that a higher power is watching over all of us. Being able to let others live and learn their own lessons is one of our lessons. The more we master it, the more peaceful we will be. I have enough to do just living my life today. I can let others do what they must. Now, I can't, you know, say that this person is a part of my family or anything like that. But I can agree with that reading that he does has his own journey to, to live. And for some reason, our trails are connected. And, um... What's fucked up is that I feel bad that I called the cops. My trauma will tell me everything, every reason in the book not to do so. Society itself tells me everything. Why not call the cops, you know? Even though my safety might be at stake. What I'm taking away from this le lesson for myself is that, you know, um, the police are a very unused, um, public service. They're very, um, very little utilized, um, resource community resource you know what I mean something as simply as making a report and putting it down on paper remember to document everything because if you don't document it it never happened they teach you that 
in domestic violence for domestic violence classes. You know, write it down, date, time, who, what, where, when, and why. So that <clears throat> when we do get the courage to <clears throat> move past our abusers, we can have solid evidence as to why. You know what I mean? So yeah, so I had this conversation with the university police because just recently an incident happened on the university. It wasn't even an incident. It was just, he just, you know, spotted me and then turned around and then followed me through the fucking, through the fucking, through the campus. Like he does so fucking every time. You know what I mean? Like we've gotten past the stage where I shouldn't even... Um, he shouldn't even worry about me. I don't even know his name. Like, we have never been properly introduced. You know, he's never gone out of his way to even get off of his fucking truck to introduce himself, the pig. You know, so... Ugh, and then that makes me so terribly ill and ugh, gross feeling. And so anyways, um, uh, so yeah, um, I'm looking at that right now. My, you know, I'm powerless over that. I'm powerless over that drug that he has that he wants to give to me, you know. I'm not anybody's prospect, man, you know. And, um, you know, my, my mind map tells me that if I, actually, the sight of that guy and the thought of me getting into the truck, knowing what I know about him now, puts a clear picture into my head where I will be at in a matter of hours. Financial disparity might might um, encourage that action to get on the truck. But then again, he's not trying to pay me with money. He's trying to pay me in drugs. I don't want to be his worker. I don't want to be, you know, he hasn't offered it. But let me tell you what, he swims around like a motherfucking shark. As much as he do, and fuck, I'm, I'm fucking fed up, guys. I had to call the cops, dude. You know, they're a community resource that is very little utilized in aspects like this. Because their own, their own, their own have given them a bad name. So, you know, the good cop that is out there trying to do good for, for, for their people, for their, you know, town, for their city, their state, their region, whatever makes it very difficult to trust and um so me i feel out of control i feel out of control because i'm powerless over that individual i feel out of control of everything i do not trust anybody i don't trust the people in my group i you know what i mean i'm like no these guys know so they're you know they're talking about it and he hears about it and 
you know, not all of them, you know, some of them are, are new to the, to the program and, and they, they know that individual and they probably go over there and talk to him about it. And so I don't trust anybody. And like I was saying, I don't mistrust. I'm not afraid of the people who are on bikes, on, you know, bicycles and who walk with backpacks and people who walk every night to the shelters you know, sure, they're scary people and sometimes they might be very inebriated and, you know, out of their mind. And, well, that's same. Hey, man, just back off, you know, game recognized game. <sighs> but because of that individual, now I find it the other night there was um, there was this young cat that jumped off a truck and I... I don't know, I was waiting for the truck to go by. I never did the dude, whatever. And then before I know it, he's walking behind me. So he's way back there. I could have just kept walking, but I got scared. And I stopped. And I sheepishly asked him, do you have a cigarette? And he said, I was about to ask you the same thing. And I could have just walked with him. I knew I was safe. I looked at his face. He was eating his little kekito or whatever. I knew I could have walked with him. I would have been fine. It might have helped. But my mind was telling me to go home. My mind, my... Everything was on alert. And it fucking sucks, man. It sucks to be on that high alert. You know? Especially like that. Like I was comfortable. And then it's fucked up because I made the report and now I feel even less safe. Not that they were supposed to come in like superheroes with capes and fucking shoot 'em ups or whatever, but but that resource, the police as a community resource, I used them, man, and it's gonna keep me in check if anything. It's gonna keep me from getting into the fucking ride. It's going to keep me from acting irrational. And, and yes, I have mace and bear mace and bear spray and fucking tasers and fucking whatnots. And, you know, uh, things that poke and things that burn. And and any one of those could use could be used in a very destructive way. And it'll keep me in check as well to to mind my to mind my actions. Yeah, I, I do feel some kind of way. You know, ugh, it's fucked up to think that it causes an arousal. Because we think of that word as sexual. You know, oh, she got aroused. Oh, I, I made her rise. Or, you know, oh, I got a reaction out of her and, and he gets off on it. You know, my friend told me he's a stalker, man. And if we look up stalking... It is says, um, <clears throat> the dictionary says, um, let me see. The definition is to harass or persecute someone with unwanted or obsessive attention. 
that's the second one. For five years, she was stalked by a man who would taunt and threaten her. Um, the first one says to pursue or approach stealthily like a cat stalking a bird. This man will creep up on me in his truck and just stay just behind my peripheral vision. And I, and I know he's there. I know he's there. Um, you know, the driveways that go into the, to the parking lot, he'll, he'll creep behind me till I absolutely have to turn around and look. And the minute I turn around and look, he jumps into that driveway and he stops and he's saying something, but I have made it my habit to plug my ears with headphones, even though they don't work. Because then it helps me ignore him all the more, you know what I mean? And um, so I'm just trying to keep myself safe. I don't want to be his next victim, you know what I mean? Whatever. And uh, so let's see. Um, it also says, is stalking a behavior... Uh, is it a pattern of behavior? And it says stalking is generally defined as the intentional pattern of repeated, intrusive, and intimidating behaviors towards a specific person that cause the target to feel harassed, threatened, and fearful, or that a reasonable person would regard as being so. So, um, sciencedirect.com tells us See what it tells us. Motivations for stalking include a delusional belief in romantic destiny, a desire to reclaim a prior re relationship, a sadistic urge to torment the victim, or a psychotic over-identification with the victim and the desire to replace him or her. Stalkers may carry a variety of diagnostic labels, including psychotic disorders, delusional disorders, or cluster B personality disorders, and are generally refractive or conventional psychological treatments. Risk factors for violence in a stalking scenario include a prior intimate relationship, the stalker's feeling of being rejected or humiliated, a generic risks and generic risk factors for violence such as low educational level and substance abuse. Then it goes on to say, talk about cyber stalking. So in highlights, it tells us stalking is a criminalized form of natural human competition and mating behavior. Stalking is associated with a variety of biological, psychological, and cultural factors. Stalking may be seen in the context of a number of diagnosed mental disorders. Stalking is extremely refractory to conventional psychological treatment. There are measures that victims can take to deter stalkers to protect themselves. So... Okay, hold on. Mm -hmm, I'm still looking. Okay, effect of stalking on victims. 
Um, the most serious crimes, such as rape, robbery, and assault, are isolated events in the lives of victims. And these experiences, however horrible, having a beginning, middle, and end, there is an expected emotional aftermath uh, to almost any kind of criminal victimization. However, what distinguishes stalking is the added layer of ambiguity, uncertainty, and non-finality of the ordeal. The victim frequently does not know who is stalking her or how bad it will get. So then it says, um, you know, see, and it starts off like that. Romantic pursuits is a natural part of human behavior, but when pressed to an extreme degree, it becomes a form of aggression because it can occur so insidiously. Stalking is a crime that frequently operates under the radar. A stalker may pursue his victim out of a delusional belief in their common romantic destiny because they used to be together and he wants her back out of the sadistic desire to torment the victim or because of a psychotic over-identification with the victim or often famous. Okay, so that's not me, but the romantic pursuit. See, and that's whatever it was, he, you know, it's romantic. Let me pick up this girl, see if she needs a ride. I'll give her a ride. I'll be her hero. She'll want to ride with me all the time. <laughs> I have to laugh. It's fucked up. And so like, um, hold on. Let me see. I'm going to check it out. What refractory conventional. Give me a second. Hold on. So the, um, the word refractory, refractory is an adjective. And it says, resisting control or authority, stubborn, unmanageable, resistant to treatment or cure, capable of enduring high temperatures. Okay, that's something else. That's out of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Resistant to treatment. So this person, it has no, you know, it's, it says, stalking is extremely refractory to conventional psychological treatment. So, let me see. Okay, for both the safety of victims and decisions regarding sentencing of parole of the offenders, the question of stalkers' potential violence is crucial, especially in light of the attention given to high-profile cases in the media. Okay, so that's not me. The diagnostic categories of stalking. Up to half of them have some form of dis diagnosable mental, mental disorder. According to some estimates, the distinction between stalkers of strangers and stalkers of prior intimates seems to apply to diagnostic distinctions as well. Thus, altogether, there, are, there, there is some overlap. Stalkers, stalkers who pursue strangers, including casual acquaintances, tend to tend more often to be characterized by a mood disorder, a delusional disorder, or dot, dot, dot. It doesn't show me anything more. So let me see, is that the abstract? And this is from Science Direct. So let me see if it goes song, lyrics, snippet, stocking, description, and demographics. Okay, so the demographics... <clears throat> It says stalking is generally defined as an intentional pattern of repeated intrusive and intimidating behaviors. Okay, so yeah. 
that causes a target to feel harassed, threatened, and fearful, or that a reasonable person would regard as being so. Stalking is one of the last interpersonal, interpersonally threatening behaviors to have been criminalized. A little over two decades ago, in many places in the U.S., stalking was not technically a crime. California was the first state in 1990 to pass to pass a law. Okay, so, see, now this gives me the opportunity to aggression and violent behavior. Okay, stalking patterns, motives, and intervention strategies. So, yeah, man. This is, you know, so it's, it's, it's good that I have you guys here to listen. And I'm going to get off of this thing because I've been, you know, talking about it. But, um... That's what I'm going through, and I am, yeah, it's made me feel some kind of way, man. I almost feel like somebody is, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, fuck. So, the Victim Resource Connect Center, there's a lot of things I can do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna research this, but, you know, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep this in my program i'm trying to work my program through this you know what i mean i know that i am powerless man i know that i'm a power powerless over people places and things and the only thing i can do is reach out use my resources use my community resources and um make sure that i that i document every time and um if anything like this is happening to you or to your loved one, you write it down, you know, date and time and the place. Let's, you know, work together to keep ourselves safe, man. And um, there's plenty of community resources out there. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to keep myself in check because I can go to extremes, you know. Oh, oh my God, I can go to extremes and I don't want to. And that's the way it makes me feel. It makes me feel like I need to defend myself. Like I need to be, like I need to be strapped with a firearm. And that's scary because, you know, if I bust him in the face with a hot rock, man, he ain't going to get high. Well, he might get high, high enough to go meet his creator, but uh, it ain't going to be smoking crack with no God. You know what I mean? I, I want my mama. Fuck. Ugh, damn it. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening, man. Thank you for tuning in once again. And I, you know, I love talking to you guys. Um, give me a second. Guys, so I'm going to leave you with, um, Okima, Life of a Native, man. And I achieved me glitch for tuning in, man. I hope this helps you. I hope it gives you, you know, some ideas as how to keep yourself protected in every way, shape, and form. And most of all, stick to your road of recovery, man. Stick to that red road. I will be seeing you guys later. Talk to you later. And me glitch once again. I will see you when I see you. We were told uh, long ago that we would see America come and go. 
I often wondered what generation that would be. What would be the signs that we would see America in its failing times? And I think we're in that. And I think that this kind of exploitation is more recognizable and identifiable. The cultures are getting stronger and we're going to realize it's about your own survival and not about America so much. But the more pollution there is, the more cancer there is. So you begin to see a nation dying from within. So what you know about the life of a native? Growing up the generations most sated. Every day my people get discriminated based on the stereotypes you done created. Nowadays you have the audacity to pass us off. As a lower class, nowadays you laugh at us. But now is the day where we finally had enough. From this day on, now all the days we're standing up. Too many years you oppressed us, oppressed us. Infect us with your disease and left us. Millions of my people dead, now expect us. So forgive and forget like it don't affect us. You can try to change history. That it wasn't genocide, but read between the lines and You will find war crimes by surmounted Now you wonder why people turn to suicide and Have a hard time searching and finding Who they really are, cause they're constantly reminded Of the time when you came uninvited Entered our homes and took your young kids crying Away from their families, the tragedies Let's start so deep, no apologies We'll ever cover up the pain that you caused us Now is the day well, you see my people stand up So what you know about the life of a native Growing up the generations most hated Every day my people get discriminated Based on the stereotypes you done created Nowadays you have the audacity to pass us off As a lower class, nowadays you laugh at us But now is the day where we finally had enough From this day forth, now all the days we're standing up Now all the days you'll commend and respect us Gone all the days you apprehend and offend us. Pretend to us you're a friend, but forget trust. We all know the scheme that you're hiding your agendas. We all see through the seat and the lies. A smile in the skies, but your eyes can't hide it. But now is the time we'll speak and we'll rise. All you want is other minds, but we can't stay silent. Do our chiefs and the elders we invited. Divided we fall, but together stand united. For our earth and the water we will fight it. Our mother earth is crying, now you can't deny it. We are not the enemy. Me that we're set to be We're thinking of the generation that's ahead of me So we'll continue to take the earth back for all of us White, black, or brown, well together we should stand up So what you know about the life of a native Growing up the generations most hated Every day my people get discriminated Based on the stereotypes you done created Nowadays you have the audacity to pass us off As a lower class, nowadays you laugh at us But now is the day where we finally had enough of and in a world where we need to build on mutual respect, it's moving slowly across this country and educating people. So I think there's a time when all racism will be abolished.